Welcome back to another episode of Sundates with Mare and Hayes. Um, today's episode is pretty fucking exciting. I think this <laughs> is probably the episode that me and Hazel have been looking forward to the most um, so mm-hmm. far. Um, today we're talking all things bum activity. Hazel. Bum activity. <laughs> finally, we're doing this episode. I'm so excited. Um, I love this. Do you want to let people know what bum activity is? Because every single person I've said it to has literally turned around and been like, you mean anal? I'm like, no, no, not anal sex. So do you want to quickly clarify and clear up the air um, for anyone listening in right now thinking that we're about to hit into the details and of anal sex? Well, okay. I have to start with the first um, anytime I had to deal with a guy that I didn't like and he had commitment issues, or he turned out to be a fuckboy, a player, you know, those guys, uh, I'd be like, this guy's such a bum. And then I realized I have a pattern of choosing like really, really terrible guys. So I'm like, <laughs> it ended up that I had this word and then I was like, okay, bum activity. And it roughly translates to any activity that you do that fails your empowered self and you know it, but you still do the activity anyways. So, yes. <laughs> so, considering, I suppose, the fact that you're the one who coined it, mm-hmm. do you want to give us like an example of like, I feel like, okay, we can explain like some regular everyday examples of bum activity to kind of put it into context, I suppose, for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose it's things like, you know, like texting your ex. Remember the first time we bonded during that Sukhna shoot? Girl! Oh my god, girl. god. you know what you're referencing. Um, that, I feel like that is actually the perfect example. Of, okay, do you want to tell the story or will I? Sure. Like, okay, so that day during the Sukhna shoot, this, this bum, right? He was ignoring the complete fuck out of me, like pretending he doesn't know me, right? And like, I mean, supposedly this guy liked me and I liked him, but like during the shoot, he just didn't see me, pretended I did not exist, right? So I went up to Mayor and I was like, yo, this guy is ignoring the shit out of me. And I started crying. <laughs> And then she was trying to like um, comfort me during the whole shoot. And I was like, but I like him. I remember that was like the first conversation we had where I think we like got a glimpse of how alike we are. Because like, I literally, I couldn't even play like from a point of of a place of like kind of giving you advice that because I was like I could just give that advice to myself because you literally were like Mary I'm like he's ignoring the shit out of me like I but I really like him etc and I literally turned around and I was like I know I was like I want to text my ex like literally like I had nothing beneficial to give you because I was like girl like I'm just as bad it's so it's so funny I think that was the first moment when we realized how how bummish we both are that was our um, girl. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Moment. <laughs> my favorite thing about it is like not only did I like did I do it like I was like oh I want to text my ex and you were like don't like don't do it and when you were like like should I speak to him or whatever I was like no don't like just like ignore him back <laughs> and I don't know about I can't remember like how it ended up ending because that day was like so long but like 
not only did I text my ex, I ended up calling him crying that night. So I, I completely like, girl, don't do it. Girl, girl, I'm not going to it, girl. I'm just thinking, do it. I'm not do it. Girl, I did it. Like in cap, did it. <laughs> and see, yeah, I think we told each other the next day because we ended up staying in Sukhna. Um, we told each other that the next day I was like, okay, so he left, but I texted him. <laughs> and then Mary was like, yeah, I, t- I called my ex too. And then we were both like, okay, this is the start of like an amazing fucking friendship. So like, I feel like what, what's something that you've done that's like considered major bomb activity and like how... Am I right in saying, like, how did it make you feel after it? Mm, I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, I can't think of anything right now that I have done because I'm such a saint, you know? <laughs> I'm so, so empowered. The term. <laughs> I'm so empowered, wish I don't know But, but here's a story that I could tell you, right? And... Mm-hmm. It's off the top of my head, right? Okay. Hypothetically, we have this girl. (laughs) Hypothetically, we have this girl, right? Do you Mm -hmm. want to name her for me? Because like, I can't think of a name. Okay, okay, I see. Because it's hypo. Yeah, I'll help you with the story. Okay. Um, I don't know. Let's. Okay, let's call her Hanin. Hanin. Hello. Yes, Hanin. Yeah. Very Egyptian. Very Egyptian. <clears throat> and then hypothetically, there's a guy. Uh, what do we call him? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna name him Jesus. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I feel like I'm 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 really for like forbidden love, you know. And I feel like Spanish and Egyptian. I'm like I see it. I'm painting the story here. Hanen and Jesus. <laughs> Other ends of the spectrum. Okay, خلاص. Hanan and Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. God save us all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically, <clears throat> right? At mm-hmm. first, this whole thing was um, really nice. And then Hanan thought that Jesus was such an amazing person, such a good person. And then she started having feelings for him, right? As you do. As you do. As you do when you like somebody and you think they're a good person. (laughs) But then um, they start engaging in bum activity. Not literal bum activity, but you know. Clarification, I was about to be like, now, are we talking about bum activity or are we talking about bum activity? I mean, I'm going to leave that to the audience. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, I'm going to leave that to the audience, huh? Okay, cool. <laughs> but then, Jesus goes from going from, like, he goes from being such a good guy into being such a fucking asshole, right? And, oh, hey, uh, hey, hey, in the oh Hanan Hadretha Fahma in the Jesus does not have feelings for her. Khalas Yani Baina. Baina min Eva and Hawa he keeps slamming the door after she leaves as if she fucking murdered his entire fucking family, right? 
and also not texting her, not calling her, also canceling the plans, Maeha, um, last minute, like literally last minute, like an hour before the plans uh, are supposed to happen. And then mm-hmm. telling her, telling Hanen that he forgot that they had plans. So basically, <clears throat> Jesus turned out to be a little bitch. <laughs> and I suppose the bomb activity. We are very sorry. <laughs> this is a hypothetical, hypothetical story. Hypothetically. Especially because I highly doubt that there's a Spaniard listening to this being like, However, Hanan, I'm very sorry. Um, but yeah, I suppose the bum activity in that story is recognizing all of those red flags. But Hanan keeps going back for some reason. He keeps going back for some reason. Like, I mm. have no idea fucking why. Even though Jesus began to Um that's so funny. <laughs> Hold on, I need a second. But here's the thing, we gave one example of bomb activity and it's from me. So what about you? What do you think an example of bomb activity is? Um put me on the spot here hazel <laughs> i don't i don't think i've personally indulged in bum activity as you know like i'm not really a big huge like love person not very romantic you know Close. um yeah yeah like not at all you know i'm like <laughs> i stay as far away as possible from matters of the heart um so I suppose I'll have to give you another hypothetical. Um, but I think like these hypotheticals are pretty good because I think they're they're universal, they're relatable, you know. Relatable. Uh, but hypothetically, mm-hmm. hypothetically, hypothetically. Speaking, again, I'm gonna do a girl and boy scenario. So right, so let's take a girl. Okay, so seeing as I named your characters, you name mine. So All right. let's take a girl. Um, what do you want to name her? Mokanakis, Hakalil girl here in Spanish. I'll name her Maria. Okay, Maria. I like that. Um, okay, so we have Maria, and Maria is or was dating a guy. All right, give me a name for the guy. Arabic. Let's just pick the most basic name. It's not the most basic, but it's like an ugly name, Keda. What about Kamil? <laughs> okay. Okay, so we have. Maria and Camille, and let's just say they were dating for, I don't know, a good long period of time. Let's just say two years on and off. I'm just going off the top of my head here. And hypothetically, mm-hmm. they, you know, same, same storyline, because I think this is often how these relationships go, um, especially in Egypt. The first couple of months, amazing, great. There's absolutely no red flags. Everything is smooth sailing and beautiful. It's the chase. We all know, especially when it comes to Arab men, they kill for the chase. So mm-hmm. they secure 
they like they literally they go for the chase they secure the person and once you get nice and comfortable and you start letting those you know walls and boundaries down and you start getting vulnerable that's where like the waves start to kick in so mm -hmm. let's just say they're dating everything's going really, really well then the waves come crashing in the bumps occur they break up okay i'm just gonna like the story um and they break up for like a good number. Let's give them the same amount of time that they've been dating. So like dating for two years, broken for like two, three years, right? Mm -hmm. And do you know that scenario of like, have you ever had that friend where every time you ask her, you're like, you know, what would you do if you guys got back together? Or like if this person, you know, decided to get back together with you after, you know, just general treats you badly, like has shown so many red flags, has like messed up so many times and has intentionally hurt you like various amount of times in various different ways. So you kind of know that this person is not the one, it's not the it person that you should like, you know, think of continuing on with. Mm -hmm. I know how your friend always responds with like, me? oh my God, I would never give him a second chance. Like he would have to come back and beg. He would have to change. Like he would have to come fix one, two, three, four. He would have to like, you know, make sure that like he shows me that he's worthy of like my forgiveness and all the rest of it. And she gives you this entire speech, hypothetically, of course. Hypothetically. How hard she would make it for him to come back. <laughs> for a split second. Because this is three years in the making. This is like three years of this person harping on about this you believe them first but second you're like okay fair like that girl has like changed she's got her head screwed on she's becoming a different person she's growing she's maturing you're proud you're proud of your friend mm -hmm. and then the bum activity rolls in which ah. is <laughs> which is let's say this camel guy comes back mm -hmm. and slides in with the bare fucking minimum and i mean underline like that's the bare fucking minimum like 10 lines in red, bold, sharpened, and slides it in with the bare fucking minimum. And you know that scene where you're like watching the movie and you're like, girl, don't you dare drop everything and run back into his arms? Uh-huh. That. That scene. <laughs> that scene. Like literally, that's like knowing very well that like, they haven't promised you anything. They haven't shown that they've changed. They haven't like, you know, done anything. And you've literally dropped your pants and been like, okay, yeah, great. Like, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's do it. Mish doesn't have any hygienists. I'm back. I'm back right there. Prime bum activity. And I feel like in that scenario, it's like, okay, like, how does it make you feel? Or like, why do you do it, etc. Um, I think that is the epitome of like that high that I'm talking about in terms mm -hmm. of like substance abuse. Cause I feel like love can sometimes be like that. I don't know if you know that J. Cole song but at the, at the very end, he says in the greatest love of all or the greatest, sorry, drug of all is love. And I think that's so true. It's like, you know, the high that you're about to experience. And then it's like waking up the next morning and having a hangover and regretting absolutely everything that you did to chase that high. Mm -hmm. But again, hypothetically, but like ultimately I think the question is like, why do we stay in us? Like, like why do we indulge so much in bum activity? Cause 
I think we're all guilty, but like you can have a one night stand that you regret, or you can have like you can text this guy that like whatever. But like, why do people sometimes find themselves in this pattern? I suppose of like constant bum activity, daddy issues. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, I'll bring my mom up. I'll be like, yeah, well, mom, if like you wanted my life, like my love life, to be like healthy, my dad should just have simply not died. Sorry. Okay. Like apologies. That's your fault. That is your fault. I love it. Daddy issues. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think like definitely for girls, if you if you don't have a great relationship with your dad, or if your dad has passed, or you know, if there's kind of this like father figure like absence, that can sometimes mean that you don't make the healthiest choices when it comes to uh, love and like relationships. I can relate. So talking about the daddy issues, مش عارفة إيه الكلام ده. All right. So most of the people, not probably not the listeners, but most of my friends know that I grew up with my stepdad, who I don't particularly like. But like mm-hmm. my real dad, he was never there. He was never in the picture, and I've never met him until now. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> let's go on a serious note. دلوقتي. Mm-hmm. I like this guy, right? And um, This guy, he does not really, he's not really the best for me, obviously, but because I have a terrible, terrible taste in men. But one of my friends, <laughs> one of my friends kind of just sat down with me and she was like, Hazel, why do you like him? And I literally could not think of anything that I could tell her that would convince her and convince myself. So she was like, no, seriously. Tell me what impresses you. Uh, like, why do you like him? You're not impressed by him. Kida kida. Um, um, he's a nice guy. And then she goes like, yeah, but he's a nice guy to everyone. He's not a nice guy to you. And then I was like, um, he's a hustler. And then she goes like, but anybody could be a hustler and anybody could be a workaholic. Anybody could have that trait. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was like, um, he's fun and he produces music. And then she goes like, you know, at least 15 other people who produce music. <laughs> and, I, and then she was like, you don't even like his music. And I'm like, hmm, that is true. You know what? My therapist told me in the usually people who do this, they have abandonment issues. It's because when they were younger, they experienced like getting abandoned by someone they love or someone that should have been there, should have been in the picture in the first place. So um, as an example, Leia and I, my real dad, right? Um, so she was telling me, and then I tend to um, like <clears throat> ignore, I tend to ignore the people who can readily give me love and give me attention and health, healthy, you know, <clears throat> because, because um, I think I don't deserve it because my perception of love is you have to work for it and you have to earn or gain that person's love. So if the person is treating me like shit and treating me like, you know, 
I'm a complete fucking doormat, then in my head, I'm like, hmm, maybe I could work to earn his love or his affection. And then I would be worthy of the love he would give me. But if somebody else can readily give me all of this, I'll be like, nah, not worth it. I'm, that's, that's, that's not real. That's not Shaifa A because I have this really fucked up. That's the sweet. <laughs> that, that's weird. <laughs> but I don't know. It's abandonment issues, yeah. And then she was like, you know what? If this guy that you like right now started giving you the attention, you're going to run away from it. <laughs> and honestly, mm. I think she has a point. Yeah, I I really hear. You. First of all, like I'm I'm so sorry about that, but I I completely agree with you. Like, it's so hard to swallow. It's such a hard pill to swallow what you're saying right now. But I think, I think you're so right. Like, there's so much that's so much deeper than just the relationship that you're in, or like a particular taste in like men or in relationships or whoever you're dating. I think sometimes the our patterns in love like, come from a much deeper root and deeper place. And sometimes I think it's about having the hard conversations, even with yourself, about where those roots start and why you choose to love the way you do and choose to go for the people that you do. Um, I think, like, I don't know if mine's, like, abandonment. I know definitely that my father's absence, like, I think more so I'm such a fixer. Like, in my house, being the eldest, like, child with my mom, all I did growing up was, like, fix everything. Everyone relied on me. I constantly held responsibility. Like, I know how to give and how to, like, fix and how to help and how to love and how to, you know, comfort. I don't know how to have someone do that for me. And I find it very uncomfortable to to have someone take care of me. Um, and so I can never seem to to accept love where I'm the, like, I speak all this shit about vulnerability and vulnerability online and honesty and transparency. And I stand by it a hundred percent, but I think in love particularly and in relationships, relationships particularly, I find it very uncomfortable to be the person who needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so I always tend to seek out a relationship where I'm the one who can help. I'm the one who gives, I'm the one who supports um, where I'm the cheerleader, basically, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think the really hurtful thing that I've experienced in love is when I finally grew to a place um, of vulnerability within my relationship, even though like it might have seemed like I was opening up a lot, but I was actually only like peering the door open a little bit, trying to test the waters. Um, I felt like I was completely dropped, like this person completely failed to be my safe place and failed to kind of give me the care that I needed or that I was looking for and feeling that rejection, whether it was intentional or not, made me feel like I'm, I know that I find it extremely hard to be vulnerable in love, even though I'm vulnerable in everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and just not even vulnerable with how I give love, just vulnerable about exposing the parts of myself that are crippled by self-doubt and, you know, anxiety and like, trauma and intimacy issues and things like that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and that was really really difficult and I think now whenever there's someone who's like handing me all of that from day one on a silver platter I get very very weary and cautious of it and I run I'm like I don't 
I know you're offering me love in the way that I would give it, but despite despite never wanting to change how I love, I find the way that I love very naive, and so I don't trust it from anyone else. Mm, that's suspicious. That's, that's weird. That's, I feel like we went really like solemn and serious for a second. I'm like, what a fashion, what a fashion, Loa. Like, sorry guys, we went serious for a sec. <laughs> okay. Um, but like, that's the thing. Why do you think women like me and you, Loa, we've got our lives going on for us? And I mean, honestly, honestly speaking, and this is not coming from like me being cocky or me being like, you know, very. We are though. Yeah, but like, you know, we've got our things going on for us. We do our best. So here's the thing. Why do women like us, like who are really accomplished and let me add a fucking 10 out of 10 (laughs) settle for like guys or people who are not up to standards or like who are gonna treat us like shit aka bums i don't know i know we've talked about this before and i think like we were kind of discussing this and we were thinking like genuinely why is it that we find ourselves in these situations especially when we it isn't like we kind of fall short in any aspect um to the point that we should accept the the standard that we have been i think that quote from Perks of being a wallflower, although very cliche and overused, is cliche for a reason. It's so true, which is I think ultimately it can be summed up in like we accept the love that we think we deserve, which I think kind of relates back to everything that we were just saying there because of our, you know, abandonment issues, because of our daddy issues, because of (laughs) everything else that we've kind of experienced in our childhood. And this is, you know, there's a lot of like psychology and sociology around this, you know. because of what you kind of experience and grow up in as a child, you tend to repeat those patterns as an adult. Um, and I think that is why we tend to think that we deserve a specific type of love, even though it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the faster you recognize those patterns and then work towards breaking them, the less likely you are to fall into what I like to call like a comfort cycle or like this like familiarity lens where I think you essentially what that means is like you stay in what feels familiar to you even if that's toxic so I think like too often we get comfortable it's kind of like when you get a takeout and then the difference between getting a takeout like once a week and then between finding yourself like getting a takeout for the rest of that week Mm -hmm. um sometimes even though you know something's not necessarily healthy or good for you it's comfortable it's easy and it's accessible and it's what you've always surrounded yourself with. So it just becomes like any bad habit, like smoking or anything, it becomes really hard to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem. It's not falling into one bad relationship because whether we like it or not, I think most people in the world can admit to having at least one relationship that wasn't up to standard or was like less than what they deserved. We never know who we're dealing with when we first fall in love. You know, you're trying something new for the very first time. I think the problem is when you continuously make the same error of judgment and you still continuously find yourself in this habit or cycle of dating different people by name and looks but technically the same person over and over again because you're looped in this like very very toxic cycle 
Yeah, because you start looking for that type of person. You start looking for that type of love because that's the love you think you deserve, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, that cycle can be – it can be chasing, this, like I said, like the same person, like literally the same person, um, and refusing to kind of let anything new come into your life. Or it can be, like, chasing the same person, like um, – what's the word figuratively like you're dating different people but they're all really just variations of that one person <laughs> which started off the cycle for you if that makes sense yeah. um I think like when I think about this because I really relate to that first scenario which is like I feel like I've been chasing literally the same person forever because I painted this this picture which is actually it comes from again my childhood like I was obsessed with painting this picture perfect family portrait of my home life growing up I just tried to fix everything in my home all the time I really wanted to have this family that was like loving and interactive and you know healthy and everything in my life and everything in my home was telling me that this was not my reality but all I could try do was just fix it constantly and I think I'm the same in love like I had this one relationship that when I was in it and because of how much love I felt for this person and because of how great it was for the few months where it was good, um, I had painted this picture. And once I've painted that picture and like, you know, painted the canvas and framed it and everything, it becomes really, really hard for me to let go of that image. All I want to do is make sure that that's what I end up with. And that's the picture that I end up hanging up on my wall, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I found myself like in this cycle of like five years where I was literally holding up like holding out for like the same person and refusing to like let anything else that was good and like right there and like ready to give me and shower me in love any attention I just wanted that picture and I didn't want a duplicate of it I didn't want a better picture I didn't want a nicer frame I wanted the picture that I painted I wanted the picture that I worked so hard for that I worked for hours on that I like perfected to every last detail and I didn't want to let go of it do you know what I mean yeah. Um, and no matter how many times the person in the painting took the painting off the wall, threw it on the ground, shattered it, <laughs> stepped all over it, broke the glass. All I would do was sit by the floor, you know, glue back the pieces, glue back the frame, you know, fix up the painting that's been ruined and put it right back up onto the wall. And that was like the cycle that I had myself in. And I feel like if I was having a conversation with my younger self about this, it would be like, it would go like something along the lines of like, okay, so like older Miriam speaking to younger Miriam. So like older Miriam, it's like, okay, so you're like, you met this guy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but like, you are going to try to do the whole long distance thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, <laughs> but before this, he ghosted you for two months. Mm -hmm. But you're still going to fly halfway across the world to meet him. Mm -hmm. And you date them and it's all well and good, but it's very, very obvious that it's always a lot more one-sided. You kind of have to like make everything work from your end and to ensure that this relationship was actually going to survive. Mm -hmm. And then you went back to long distance. Mm -hmm. And then you broke up because of long distance. Mm -hmm. But you still waited out for him for three years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even though he ghosted you. Mm-hmm even though he left you in a country alone by yourself and ignored you while you were there for two weeks. Mm -hmm. 
And that was the plane that he made you fight with your mom to get on and to come visit him and convince her that it was okay for you to go visit him. Mm -hmm. But then broke up with you like a week and a half before this plane. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back after three years. Mm -hmm. And you decide <laughs> after both everything I've mentioned and various other red flags that you're going to get back together with him and give him another chance. Mm -hmm. Even though it's once again long distance. Mm -hmm. And long distance is why you broke up because he couldn't commit to it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like literally if you spell it out like that, it sounds as ridiculous as what I just did sound. <laughs> but that's literally it. It's seeing this person like borderline cheat on you, leave you in a country by yourself, ghost you for two months, not even like, you know, a few, like two full months, like, you know, constantly only half show up like half assed and you constantly carry for the relationship. Recognizing all of these red flags over five years and rather than just walking away, still trying to twist and turn the truth to kind of work in your favor when you know deep down it never, it's never going to. So, yeah, I found myself in that cycle for so long and I found myself self-sabotaging anything outside of that cycle. Anything that was like not that toxic form of love or not that person, I was like pushing far, far away from myself because I had this feeling that I had gotten my happy ending. I had gotten the perfect person. I had gotten the, the thing that I wanted most and I saw it crumble in front of my eyes and saw myself not able to to save it and so I began to believe that like nothing good would ever last and I was just too scared to start over and try that again only to have it fail with someone else mm. so you get into another cycle of self-sabotage where you know when somebody actually gives you healthy love healthy affection mm -hmm. and they show you you're worth it you just fucking destroy the shit out of that because <laughs> like you believe that oh okay, okay this is temporary the life is gonna take it away from me it's it's just gonna go away so let me just before i get hurt again let me just let me just kind of just just destroy the shit <laughs> yeah. literally that's it i feel like i find it so funny how you and i are able to paint everything black and white right here but then in our own actions in life we we don't seem to remember any of the shit that we're discussing. Um, <laughs> but it is, that's it. I think the only thing that I've gotten good at is self-sabotaging earlier. Like I've been very good at like nipping it in the bud so as to avoid hurting the other person. So I'm very good at like not letting the relationship even ever get anywhere or like, I don't think I've ever made it past like a first date before I've like come clean with like, I can't do this, you know, um like recognizing that I'm not ready for a relationship do you know what I mean or recognizing that I'm self-sabotaging this relationship um which is not great for me but mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad that that's my approach because it means I kind of minimize hurting someone else in the process but I think bottom line is to break the cycle of loving bad people or bad men or bad women whoever you date I think you first just have to love yourself and like no, I do not mean like putting a fa like a face mask on before bed. Like that's not the self love that I'm talking about. 
like it's serious fucking work and it's not easy and I think that's just been my experience I don't know if you agree with me or not yeah honestly like I I, I completely agree with everything you said about the whole um, self-sabotaging and uh, I had this experience with this guy where literally we I kind of started feeling a little bit of feelings for him and he obviously had more feelings for me than I did for him so I was like shit this guy he's he's so ready to give me so much love and so much affection but then I cannot give him that back and that's kind of unfair of me that's terrible oh mind you i do not speak to this guy anymore because mm -hmm. i kind of ruined the relationship before it even started by telling him oh hey i'm not ready i'm not over this guy i'm not but um as you were saying i'm glad that this is both of our approaches towards like any other relationships because sometimes other people will like take this and kind of use the other person as a rebound or mm -hmm. use the other person as like a distraction and we don't want to get there like we if anyone who's listening don't do that don't do that yeah. but like going back to um self-love i feel that there's this capitalist version of self-love and self-care and mm -hmm. you know, um, consumerism they made us believe that self-love should be going to the spa getting your nails done changing your hair um, lighting candles just indulging in complete like i feel how you're just throwing your money away shopping for things that will temporarily give you happiness but yani let's let's kind of talk about what the true meaning of self-love is does anyone even know does anyone even know? Um, <laughs> i think the biggest thing about it is like it's ongoing it's different for everyone and it's like it's a constant journey like it's not something that like you just do today and then you're fixed tomorrow you know mm -hmm. um but i think ultimately like it's about i just got a new tattoo and it's like called it's like love yourself first in arabic and i think like self-love is so much about putting yourself first which like is not is not easy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, like, I think it's about taking off these like rose tinted glasses and like facing the actual issues at hand and what you're actually struggling with without, like you said, kind of plastering over it with temporary fixes, like getting your nails done changing your hair, feeling good about yourself today and waking up feeling the exact same, like exact same way that you have been your whole life tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, when you, when you face your demons, um, you kind of understand that you have self-destruct, uh, you kind of understand that you have self-destructive and toxic traits. So it's kind of like, Fahma, they painted out self-love to be this all roses and butterflies and scented candles type of shit. When I think, honestly, self-love is, I mean, it's kind of not really, it's outside your comfort zone, you know? Yeah. Shit, maybe I have some toxic traits. Maybe I have self-destructive habits. Maybe 
انا اصلا ام جوينج ثرو اول اوف ذس بيكوز ايم ليتنج ماي سيلف جو ثرو ات سو لايك اي ثينك سيلف لوف كود بي اكشولي سيتنج داون وذ يور سيلف اند بينج اونست وذ يور سيلف اند ذن وركينج اون هيلينج يور سيلف اند بريكينج باترنز اند وركينج اون هيلينج يور سيلف كود اولسو مين لايك كاتينج تايز اند بريكينج باترنز with people or stuff that no longer uh, that no longer serve the higher version of you your higher self you know that's exactly it i think literally from when we're kids i think we all have this idea of who we want to be and what we kind of want to be in the world and whether that's like our job or it's like what type of lover we want to be or what type of a family we want to have like we all have some sort of idea of what our elevated or higher self like version is you know um and i think self love is possibly holding yourself accountable to that image it's mm-hmm. not daydreaming about it the way you did as a child it's not just like you know hoping and wishing that if you move to another country you can start over and become a new person and all this kind of stuff i think it's having that image um holding yourself accountable to it and doing the work that's necessary to bring you closer to becoming that person that you want to be and like mm-hmm. is that going to be easy like fuck no like <laughs> the first step in self love is like literally understanding what it really is and i think mastering it then is like understanding that it's not linear it's not linear it's not an ongoing journey and it's definitely not fucking easy but it's just about like i said envisioning that higher self and like holding yourself accountable at the end of the day to that image um and it's never going to be like a like i said a one day turnaround change or anything but it's doing what you can every day to grow that bit closer to that person and doing your best and giving it your best shot every single day when you wake up. Mhm. Everything is easier said than done, but like we try. <laughs> we do. Well, we try. We always do. Girl, we fucking try. <laughs> um I think that's a that's a really nice note to like wrap it up on, I think, because mm-hmm. you know, especially with this topic and I'm kind of really proud of ourselves like with this topic and with love in general we tend to focus so much and talk so much about like our other counterpart and like you know he she did this like he she is that whether it's like praise or whether it's like criticism we constantly make love about our partner and i think that's such so much like a part of the issue is like love should also be about us and mm-hmm. should be about like the way in which we want to be loved and what way we want to give and receive love and i think to end it on self love is literally giving our audience what we think is like the key to the first step i suppose of finding that relationship that you want to have in the world i think build that relationship with yourself first and then you'll find that it's so hard to let anyone else give you a relationship that's less than the one that you already give yourself i think that's like a beautiful way to kind of like wrap it up as always we always want to hear from you guys um so i feel like what should we get people to tell us I I want to hear some bum activity stories. I want to hear some bum activity. I'm pretty sure every fucking listener has had at least one bum activity story in their life. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, everything we always keep everything like pretty anonymous, you know, um so like and it can be hypotheticals, you know, we we're, we're a big fan of hypothetical bum activity. <laughs> like the the examples. Um but tell us like what's a bum activity story that you have or like if you want to be a bit more serious, like what's a harsh I suppose truth that you've like had to swallow or like learn the hard way but you realized was kind of really crucial in order to like grow into that higher self that we're talking about um or like literally anything else that's like 
self-love or bum activity related like we want to hear it all so as always it can be sad it can be hilarious it can be happy we will cry and laugh along um and hazel do you want to tell people where they can send uh us some questions and find us um you can find us on at underscore smh podcast it's not shaking my head it's literally sunday sundays with marin hayes as <laughs> shaking my head it really does <laughs> to tell us your take on about the bum activity topic. Also, we'll leave a question box on our my story for you to ask any questions related to today's topic, which is bum activity. And we'll take time at the start of next week's episode to answer them. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening in to another episode of Sunday to Marin Hayes. And we will cop you guys next Sunday. Um, have a great week. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Hayes, anyway. Stay away from bum activity. Yes. <laughs> challenge for the audience this week. If you can get through one week without bum activity. And Hazel, this goes for you and I as well. <laughs> if you can get through a week without bum activity, we might have a little surprise uh, next week or something on the episode. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Thank you for listening in. Hayes, I love you. I love you too.